welcome to the Red Voices Manchester United podcast. <sighs> you join us on an evening where the best tidbit of United-related news is that Marouane Fellaini may be suspended for next week's last 16 second leg Europa League clash against Liverpool, having introduced Emre Chan to his elbow. With the enthusiasm and cautious optimism sparked by those four consecutive wins long bloody gone after a loss at the Hawthorns on Sunday... And tonight's wonderfully insipid display at Anfield, in which United lost 2-0. On the bright side, I'm happy to report some good news in the form of the return to the podcast of the charming, effervescent and glorious Mr. Paul Gunning. Paul, how the devil are you? I'm not too bad, thank you, Ewan. I'm not too bad. Although, I'm, I'd just like to say I'm a, bit, I'm, a, I'm a bit pissed off with the press. Like, According to them, I've been sacked by the Red Voices podcast at least four times. Oh, really? Okay. Already? Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm, I've got a thick skin; I can take it. But it's my family I worry about, you know. Oh yeah, well, I mean, you know, we, we don't think about your family enough, or you, and the effects that the these sort of rumours have on you. So, from the bottom of my heart, for all the 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 fans out there, and all the, all the terrible, awful reporters that have been you know, spewing forth these lies and this you know imperialistic dogma, shameless. I, I do apologise. Shame wow. on them. Yes, <laughs> enjoy the mince pies, fuckers. <laughs> But no, I'm fine. Thank you, mate. I'm fine. Good. Good. Very <laughs> glad to hear it. Well, I think that's pretty much the high point of the podcast. So let's get down to it. <laughs> oh, Paul. Paul, tonight. I mean, you know, it shouldn't really have come as that much of a surprise after, right. you know, the bubble burst very, very quickly after those four consecutive victories with that really bad performance on Sunday. But mm. tonight, under the Anfield floodlights, you know, it, it, we, you know, there's been back and forth this week about whether or not you know, the Europa League tie is really that important. And in the context of our season, it certainly felt like it. It is. And how gutting was it to see United trot out that display this evening as a result? Just incredibly gutting. I mean, it, it feels like, and this it might this might seem like a step too far, but it feels like a, a bit of a shift in power almost. You know, Liverpool... We've been laughing at them for years, but now they've got this energetic, exciting manager who's done wonders with Dortmund, and they just seem so much more lively than us. You know, we looked uncouth compared to them. I mean, and they're not a good team, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, team-wise, they've not got that many good players, but they made us look pathetic, and without David De Gea could have been like a serious mauling tonight we were lucky that we had to have a day here tonight and how many times have we said that oh god it really could have been couldn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yes i mean i don't think fax machines have gotten this much mentioned since the last 20 years really have they uh well one thing that i've noticed since Klopp's come in especially in the two games that we've played them so far is that liverpool now look a lot more committed than they used to. You know, you compare the level of performance in terms of the effort and the energy and the way that they sort of press and harry United these last two games in comparison with the three that came before it. So those all three games against you know Rogers' uh, Liverpool side, where we're able to you know get the results without too much fuss. Really, now it's become a lot more difficult. And you know, I, I again, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a shift in power, but there's definitely a, a a change in the narrative of how yeah. these games have gone suddenly in the way that the way we've approached it. Now I know that Van Hal was happy to sort of talk up his record against Liverpool on the last you know, week or so in the build up to the game, and I get that it was very good. 
But all it was going to take, and I knew this coming into the game, all it was going to take is one bad United performance and Liverpool to turn up. Of course. And that whole narrative just gets chucked out the window and we end up with a result like this. And in truth, Liverpool weren't even that great. They just wanted it so much more than we did. Well, right from the first whistle, they were pressing United. They got in our faces and we couldn't deal with it. Well, to be fair, the one good thing that happened to us in that first 15 minutes was perhaps our best chance of the game. So the first 15 seconds, you know, Memphis <laughs> pushed down that left-hand side, crossed it in, Mourinho, sorry, Moreno decided not to header it. <laughs> Mourinho, Freudian slip there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll leave that in there. Um, Mourinho <laughs> missed that header completely and Rashford wasn't ready for it and sort of need it completely sideways, you know. Yeah, well, there, was a, there was another good chance in the second half, wasn't there, where Martial kind of fluffed his lines. But we created so little and they just seemed... They just seemed so much more up for it than we did, from like from the first whistle, which I think even if you've got the worst United side of all time, the one thing you ask against Liverpool is that you're up for it, and I think that comes from the manager. We we don't we won't, we go into these. Uh, to be fair, actually, we, we against the big teams we've done all right under Van Gaal, but so often under Van Gaal, we go into games looking like we, there isn't really much of a plan. And he's kind of winging it, you know, just making it up as he goes along. Like with his substitutions. Oh God! I don't. Why did I bring that up? I, I, I just I, I don't understand it. You know, you're talking about a player in Herrera who gives us purpose and creativity in midfield. I mean, I, I know that he can't play every game, and you know, and one thing I do want to bring up, which I think has been you know a stick to beat Van Hal with over the last week, which I kind of understand to a certain extent. But in terms of the way that the squad has had to be rotated because we played so many games in such a short space of time, mm. you know, it was practically like, gosh, what was it? Four games in nine days or so leading up to that West Brom game. So, you know, the likes of Varela getting a bit of a rest and perhaps Schneiderlin as well. I understood it, even though it, it certainly made a big difference. It's almost like a thin squad isn't a good idea. Really? <laughs> no, I mean, I, th- I think you're pulling on random strings there. That's just strange. Uh <laughs> Now, but then again, you, you've got the flip side of this, where it's completely impossible to defend Van Hal, where he's saying, Fellaini's just come back into the side, he should play 60, 70 minutes, he shouldn't play the full 90. What happens? Exactly. Plays the entirety of the game. He absolutely should have gone off at half-time. Admittedly, after, after that half-time break, he played a little bit better, started using the ball a little bit more effectively, and played a little bit more like someone who would be deemed a position of central midfielder. But oh well, well, well. You say that, you say that, Ewan, right? You you say that, Ewan. But but actually, I think you'll find he was the best player on the pitch. Was he? Or at least that's what Louis Van Gaal said. Is that actually what he said after the match? He was Mario and Fellaini was one of the best players on the pitch in a white shirt. No, on the pitch. On the pitch. Full stop. Yeah. Oh. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't one of the best players in a 20-mile radius, for crying out loud. <laughs> this is... I, th- I honestly think Louis van Gaal... <laughs> I, I could imagine there would be several <laughs> yeah. hundred people in white shirts in the away end who could have done a better job than him. <laughs> oh, I mean, where do you start with that? I mean, the guy's lost it. He's, he's either doing a tremendous job of just winding United fans up, and that's all he cares about now, winding us up. Or he has literally lost the plot. I, I I don't think he's trying to wind us up deliberately. I just don't think he cares about the things that we care about. You know, I think that's been quite clear in the way that he's 
verbally approach the Liverpool game this week. I, I don't think he's... He is really bad at words, isn't he? I don't think he's given it the importance that we have, nah. obviously. That, you know, ob- obviously, we're going to look at this and say, it's Liverpool, it's our first time playing the European competition, this is for a Champions League spot, we have to be going at this and approaching this game in the right manner, because it is huge for us. But even if it wasn't Liverpool, it would still be huge. Oh yeah, God! I mean, top four looks so far away at the moment. It it did feel like a really big opportunity to try and make something of this season. But I don't think any of us really believed we were going to win the Europa League, did we? No, no, no. It was always going to be a tall order. Look, even yeah, we we were at the last sixteen. Even if we somehow scrape a result in the second leg. Dortmund <laughs> absolutely ripped Spurs to shreds tonight. Imagine if we come up against Dortmund in this sort of mood at the minute. We'll just... I don't even want to think about it. Did, did you ever see that, that David Attenborough programme where the killer whales were like throwing seals up in the air? It would be like that. Dortmund would just throw us up in the air and then catch us and throw us back up again. They'd toy with us. It's We are so far... Yeah, honestly, we are so far away from... Europe's not even Europe's elite, but Europe's like second step down from the elite. We are so far away. Well, yeah, it's not a very good position, and yeah, the first leg didn't exactly go very well, did it? So let's let's delve straight into that. Let's talk about the penalty. Uh, Klein and Memphis sort of tackling on the wrong side of the box, and mm. Memphis had hold, and then the challenge sort of started outside of the box, and then ended up inside the box. What was your reading on it? Do you reckon it should have been given, or what? Uh, I, I've not seen it loads of times, but my initial reaction was penalty, but then seeing it again, probably not penalty, but Memphis raising his arms, and even giving the referee the option, just a bit naive, really, more than anything. And it's, you know, cliche, but I've seen the given. Yeah, I think the, thing, the jarring thing for me was because the referee took so long to actually award it, my initial reaction was, what on earth mm. are you doing? Yeah. So I, I was initially very sceptical. I think it is six of one of us and the other. Unfortunately, as you just said, it's cliche, but you have seen them given. Look, you don't put yourself in that situation. It's just like matter at the weekend. These things can happen. The best thing you can do is try and avoid that situation altogether by keeping, you know, by making decent decisions that mean you don't have to have your hands all over a play or burn yourself to very, very stupid consecutive bookings. Just don't give the referee that option, and that is always going to help far more than anything else. And, you know, Dave managed to get fingertips to the penalty. It was, I think it was mostly power, wasn't it? I think it was mostly power that caught him, to be honest. I don't know if he really could have done much more with that. Mm. And it, I was so I was I mean obviously I hoped he'd save it anyway. But one when, when Sturridge did that stupid little stutter thing, oh I was desperate for him to save it. Shades of Moscow, just like. yeah, just just to like as a fuck you basically, Sturridge. Oh dear, yes, it would have been yeah. Oh gosh, he's five goals in seven games against us now. I think that is now. He does enjoy playing us, as Daniel Sturridge. He does. He does. But there we go. I mean, even then, at the end of the first half, let's. I'm, I'm going to pull up my notes to see how many of these other wonderful shots that we had. Oh, De Gea. Uh, he made at least yeah. three world-class saves in that first half. Just in the first half. Oh, yes. A wonderful point. Chris Smalling flopping onto the, the pitch, completely <laughs> missing that header. What happened there? He slipped, right? I don't know. It was very strange. That was like Manchester United... In microcosm, wasn't it? Just that moment, just yeah, that's my that's that's United. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, again, Dave did wonderfully there to get in close to Sturridge there, but Smalling is just. He's not helping him himself. He's not helping his defence. And in those sort of instances, he's definitely not helping De Gea. Awful. Absolutely awful. The thing with Smalling is he had, he, he, I mean, he, he had a really fantastic first half of the season, didn't he? As did United's defence in general. And like we, we were quite quite good defensively for a while. But I don't know, Smalling's form's just kind of dropped a bit. doesn't seem quite as assured. No one seems quite as assured, actually. At the moment, no, no. I think the only one who was assured, the only one you can rely on with some sort of regularity, at the moment was De Gea. I don't think he's put much of a foot wrong all season. And again, you'd be very, very happy to give him Player of the Year at this stage. It's just that there's no one coming anywhere close to him, not on a consistent basis. You know, you look at the likes of Martial, who's definitely impressed and done well. You know, obviously Rashford has had a very big impact in that Michelin game and the Arsenal game, but. In terms of a consistent presence, who is always offering you a very, very high level of performance, it's Dave by an absolute country mile again. And he doesn't even want to be here. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping to a certain extent that Keylor Navas's performances for Real, which have been very, very good this season, to be fair, mm. and perhaps convinced Perez that he might not need Dave. But it's Real, and they have the money, and they're probably walking back in for him. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I'm sure there's a buyout clause in the contract. Sure there is. Gosh, you know what? At this stage, with the way the club is being run, with how things are going, with how the team is playing, it would be very, very difficult to begrudge Dave that move at this stage, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Why would you want to stay at United now? It feels like it feels like United are a club on the way down. Absolutely. And you, <laughs> whatever you say about Real Madrid, they're always going to be there or thereabouts, even though they're obviously very much in Barcelona's shade at the moment. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but there we go. I mean... Dave, again, was absolutely marvellous for that second half when Liverpool... Well, I mean, we started quite better that second half. I mean, the this, the, 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 the substitution that uh, nuclear the world at half-time of, uh, of Rashford for Michael Carrick mm. did not go down particularly well, did it? No, I don't think, I don't think it didn't, obviously. But, I, I mean, I, look, I, I, I hate Van Gaal's substitutions as a rule. That I could kind of see what he was thinking because I thought, well, you know, Michael Carrick, incredibly experienced, fantastic player. Obviously, his time's catching up with him now, but he's a fantastic player. Yeah, and he, at least he would he would add a bit of calmness and poise to. No, he won't put a foot wrong. Well, well, I never said that. No, you know what I mean. Like when the substitution was made, I could kind of see what Van Gaal was thinking. The trouble is, Carrick has got. A lot of mistakes in him these days. He is looking old and just not up to this level anymore. No, no, you're right. I think part of the problem is that due to injuries and you know our requirements of the team and the the schedule that we've had, we've had to use him perhaps more than we were hoping for. I hate. I, I feel like I, I do talk about Fergie a lot, and I think most United fans do. But Fergie would use him very, very sparingly. Keep him around as this sort of calming, experienced presence. What is he going? What's Michael Carrick really going to offer the team, really, at that stage? And why is Herrera still sat on the bench at that stage? I, I don't know. I I think there's there's clearly something wrong there. The way he and uh, Van Hal and the, the and perhaps the manager's relationship is there. I think there's a very there's a disconnect there for sure. There, there, there's something clearly not right because, to me, Herrera gives us more purpose and more energy and effort and more I don't know there's a point to United when he plays you know I mean I'm not saying it was it's all it's there all the time you know I mean 
Sunday on, at the Hawthorns, who we weren't exactly the most uh, purposeful Manchester United side I've ever seen. But still, you know, he still offers an outlet in that midfield. He's, he's creative. He will get stuff done. And when you take him out of there, it is noticeable how much more blunted we look because it's just there's no link between midfield and attack. Absolutely, yeah. There, there was no creativity in our midfield today. I mean, we had Schneider. Who, who, what, who in their right mind thinks that playing Schneiderlin and Fellaini as a midfield pairing is a good idea? Uh, Van Hal. It's insanity. I mean, to be fair, the start of the second half did bring it with a little bit more possession. I think Liverpool were kind of happy to sit back and see how things played out. And once it became clear that we didn't really have much to offer, they came at us again. That's th- yeah, because it, it, it felt like almost like they, they they almost seemed a bit tired at the beginning of the second half. And you're thinking, well, maybe you know all that that pressing they do has worn them out. But no, they were just having a breather, weren't they? Pretty much, yeah. And you look at, think about to the chances before uh, Firmino's goal. You've got uh, Coutinho's dipping shot, which they had tipped yeah. over. Uh, I think it was Firmino who then pulled back the ball and then Henderson sort of hit it over went completely unmarked came onto the edge of the box and just curled it well wide thankfully but you know when Firmino eventually got that second goal it, it was very very difficult to say that Liverpool didn't absolutely deserve it and it was very very difficult to say that you couldn't see it coming oh they completely deserved it it was so obvious but so badly handled yep and then but then but then you know, you go 2 0 down and he brings on Schweinsteiger. That was damage limitation for me though. That I, I know that I, I know that you yeah. Of course it was. He wanted to he wanted to keep it at two 0 Yes, I mean the, the thing is your reaction at that time was obviously very cynical, but at the same time it, I think it was just about making sure it didn't get any worse. That was But it shouldn't have got to that point in the first place. Oh no, place. absolutely not. But at that stage I think it, there was an acceptance of reality to the point where okay, we're two 0 down, this could get worse. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm quite worried by the fact it took 2-0 down for us to actually react to the situation. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'd sound like an idiot now, but I'd rather go for it and just lose 4-0 and badge have a go. We don't have a single shot on target, I don't think, do we? Um, I think one of Daily Blind's crosses might have counted as on target. That's not a shot on target. That's okay, massaging the figures. Right uh, well, uh, <laughs> no. Absolutely. But, you know, when we... Don't forget, mate. I mean, when we get to the end of uh, season awards, you know, United are going to be very top of the possession stats. Oh, and, well. You know. <laughs> Which is the real quiz, I do Yeah, believe. well, we're going to be champions of least amount of shots. So, you know, I'd, oh. I'd, I'd be thankful if you stopped your moaning, quite frankly. The stuff dreams are made of. When I was a kid, you know, in my garden, playing football, being top of the possession stats was what I dreamed Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Oh, so there we go. I mean, Fellaini's header, I think I, th- I think that might have been after the second goal went in that went marginally wide. But again, you know, he wasn't really troubled all game. Uh, I mean, there's there's very little of note from our perspective to pick out from this entire evening and look at in a positive manner. You know, as we mentioned, Fellaini might very well be suspended because of that stray elbow. I think that was in the first half. My overriding feeling wasn't, even at the, at the end, you know, half time, it wasn't so much one of anger. It was just, I didn't start watching the game this evening and thinking, gosh, right, so we need to score a couple of goals here. You know, we need to really strong performance. We need to really get at them and have an incredible game. I didn't expect us to perform particularly well this evening because it's us. You know, this is how things go. We don't, 
immediately bounce back from one bad result and then suddenly put things right. We take several weeks to get things right. And then we'll have a couple of good performances and then all it'll take is one bad performance and things are right back where they were, right back where we started. You know, it, it's one step forward, a sidestep, a couple of steps back and then a sidestep, then a step forward and then just very, very com- convoluted and complicated dance steps. It's very, very, very strange. Mm. And looks good though. Like I've I've seen you doing them. I've watched you watching United. Oh yeah, dancing's yes. fantastic, mate. But this is the whole thing. I I didn't find myself angry at this situation. I, I just find myself disappointed because it was so obvious that this, this was capable. That this could happen. This is the thing. And the though, fact that has happened. This is it, the it, thing. It's just not surprising in the slightest. No, it's not surprising in the slightest. And this is this is exactly the thing, right? United fans are becoming numb to it. They, I've I've spoken to so many United fans and on Twitter and all the rest of it, and the general feeling is just this numbness. Like they're almost like, ah, well, this is what you expect these days. It's not that they don't care, but it, under Moyes, there was there was that period, wasn't there, where we, we lost to Olympiacos and then Liverpool and City, and there was like this crescendo of crapness. Whereas Van Gaal. It's just been this sort of death by a thousand cuts, this drip, drip, drip of just awfulness. And it's almost like we've got used to it now. We're just like, well, you know, it's how it is. Well, it, it's kind of an emotional protection though, isn't it? Because there's only so much anger and upset and disappointment that, that you can throw at the team and the club when things are like this before you just get so tired that you just don't have it in you to be angry anymore. Yeah. Because it's exhausting, you know, if you start putting expectations on watching United and thinking, right, we need to see a wonderful performance, free flow football, lots of goals, wonderful, come on. If you start going into games at this stage expecting that, <laughs> you're, a fool. you're going to be a lot angrier. You know, I mean, you're completely correct. It is all down to us sort of measuring our expectations at this stage. I do think for the rest of the season that we have to temper what we're going to see with that caveat of just knowing what we know about United. But then you've also got to think about the fact that you've also got to make sure that that then doesn't become the norm. You know, you, you get your expectations back in the summer when, you know, we will presumably make changes to some description wow. if it stays like this, which we absolutely must do. And then you just remember that United should always be aiming higher than this. But will we? Yeah, but we must, we, we should, we must have sacked Van Gaal in December, but we didn't. Well, we, any other club would have done, but we didn't. So... I mean, I, there were rumours this week about... What do you make of this? The, the rumours this week about Van Gaal, safe, whatever happens. He's got. He's going to see out his, his, his contract. I would be stunned if there isn't a ceiling for this because they gave Moyes a seven-year contract and binned him off as soon as Champions League became an impossibility. My thinking is that he could go... If, if this, I mean, the thing is, we've got to sort of, again, put another caveat in here. We when we recorded last, which I think was after the Watford game, Kevin and I were feeling quite positive, enthusiastic. You know, we were still thinking cautious optimism because you know it's United, but we were thinking, yeah, if we can get a good run of fixtures here, this could turn our whole season around and change the narrative completely. And it could mean that Van Hal stays. Should we be successful in these cup competitions and maybe have a good run and get in the top four? That would constitute, considering how we bad we we thought things could go, a successful season. Now we're on the other side of that. And mm. we've had a couple of bad results in the row. And you're staring down the barrel of West Ham 
at home in the FA Cup on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Liverpool at home in the Europa League on Thursday. City away a week on Sunday. Uh. And if we lose all three, that's us out of the FA Cup. That's us out of the Europa League. That is us nine points behind City, which should they win against Norwich at the weekend, which they absolutely will do. And at that stage, out of the race for the top four, as far as I'm concerned. Should that happen and we lose all three of those games, to me, there is nothing keeping him at the club because there will be nothing left to play for. Well, yeah, but there was, I know mean, there were still things left to play for in December, but, I mean, you know... He should have been gone then. I mean, oh, he should have been. But yeah, you know, the only argument you can say for keeping him was that there were things to play for. Then, should we lose these next three matches, there will legitimately not be nothing left for United to fight for. But it's literally come to the point where I'm not sure that even if all that happens, if we lose to West Ham, we lose to Liverpool, we lose to City, I'm genuinely not sure he'll he'll be sacked. Like that's how bizarre this club has become. Now you, you can't guess what the board no. is going to do next there's there's no logical process to their decisions and no, what they're thinking there's no there's not absolutely not no almost they, they do the the opposite of what should be done they're just they're shambles the, the club is shambles absolutely well having uh dissected that liverpool game quite nicely let's talk about west brom for a little bit that was fun wasn't it paul brilliant i mean i personally i think Mata was man of the match because he got out of there quickly before absolutely yeah, genius. Yeah, he is. Oh, Juan! That shows that shows what an intelligent footballer he is. He saw the writing on the wall, and he scarfed it. Yeah, I mean, if he was really intelligent, you could argue he probably should have got himself sent off tonight and booked himself. Well, suspended himself out of the second <laughs> leg as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I was disappointed for him on a on a personal level as as well as being very angry with him because you know he had had such a big moment in midweek against Watford and captain the side. I'm not sure he would have made, him being there would have made that much difference though. Like it, it just had that feel to it, didn't it? The whole game, you know, was just a bit crap. Yeah, just didn't really turn up. Well, we plodded through it, you know. I mean, the the, the bookings yeah. themselves were ridiculous. You know, you had that block for Fletcher's free kick, both against Darren Fletcher, by the way. Uh, I know. Is it, did they fall out? Did, were they didn't even play together. What did they play together? I can't, uh, I can't remember. A little bit. I mean, I think they must. They, have, I mean, what went on? Fletcher there? was there for uh, a year uh, after Matter was signed. So I, that's right. I don't. Yeah, know, I have well. no idea. I mean, there was, there's clearly some something's gone on there. Well, either that or Matter. There's a just vendetta made... there. Matter's like, yeah. Well, I told you I'd get you back. Can you imagine Juan having a vendetta against anyone? <laughs> no. Well, no. Exactly. Well, no. But there we go. Um, he, can't, he can't even carry out revenge properly. He just made himself look an idiot. The really strange thing for me in that game was, even with that 10 men, I didn't feel like West Brom really had a really good handle on the game. No, they didn't. That was, that was a really strange thing about it. That goal, to, to a certain extent, came out of nowhere. For me, at least anyway, from my perspective looking on that game. We started the second half fairly brightly, realised that we could target Olsen with Martial running at them, then tried continue playing long balls until he realised oh wait that's not going to work but West Brom didn't necessarily grow in stature I don't think they really controlled that game at all even though we had the, they had one man less didn't need to no that's true um, their game plan was perfect any team that's sort of up for a bit of a fight can beat United these days we've seen it with Stoke I think Stoke are the, the perfect example like, away from home Stoke were massively up for it in our faces you know didn't give us any space, and we lost. When we played in Old Trafford, it was off the back of um, them losing the the Capital One 
semi-final against Liverpool, wasn't it? And they just looked a bit uh, down and what and whatnot. And we and we beat them. Any team that's up for just a bit of hard work and a bit of you know getting in people's faces, they'll beat us. We're just we're just we're not up for a fight. No. And speaking of which, we've got a huge game on Sunday. So let's spend a couple minutes discussing how confident we are ahead of that. Now, in terms of the context of uh, United as a club, it has been five years now since we had our last significant game at Wembley. Mm. And those two games were the City semi-final, which we lost 1-0, and then a couple of weeks later, uh, the (laughs) 2011 Champions League final against Barcelona, which we won't delve too deeply into because that was awful. And we're obviously not counting the Community Shield visits because they're not important. David Moyes counts it. Yeah, thinking about the game before tonight, I was thinking just how big it would be for United to finally get to Wembley for the first time in a number of years and sort of put down a marker and try and refresh the players and remind them that United should be challenging for trophies on a more regular basis and maybe try and catch that bug. Because, you know, that was huge for Ferguson's season after Chelsea won the league for a couple of years in a row. But on the basis of today, and again looking how solid West Ham have been you know they beat Spurs in midweek last week absolutely uh, came from 2-0 down against Everton you can just see that side coming to Old Trafford and easily outplaying us easily outdoing us and just offering so much more fight I am genuinely worried about that game on Sunday mm. me too because West Ham are a better team than us and they have more spirit than us and they're better organised than us and have a better manager than us so they're better than us. I think we'll lose. God, that's so broken. I mean, you know, what? Any any United fan that thinks we're going to win? I mean, we might win. We might scrape a win. If we do, then it, West Ham will have to have a very very bad day because they are better than us. It's going to take West Ham to have a bad day and us to have a very very good day, and we don't look capable of that at the moment. And then yeah. we sort of skip ahead four days no. to the second leg, which is so well placed now for Liverpool and so well poised that. It's very difficult to see United getting anything out of that. I mean, we would we would need to not concede. Should Liverpool get one away goal, that means us that leaves us leaving, leaving four goals, <laughs> and we, we looked very incapable of getting anything this evening. I yeah, mean, unless we can clone David De Gea in the next week and have four or five of him playing, uh, I don't think we're going to be able to not. I'm sure, you thought that one through. I mean, that'd be good for you know sticking everyone on the line, but it wouldn't be very good for scoring goals. But that's what we're not going to score any goals ourselves, so we might as well we might as well keep. But, it oh well, no, that's good. That's good because this is all part of Van Hal's master plan. So that, oh, sorry, mate, I didn't get understand it. You completely we're, correct. We're going to lose that game as well, in my opinion. I'm going to be there, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to hate pretty much every minute of it. Minute of it. I think the atmosphere is going to be quite special for at least the opening of that game, and I do think that. You know, obviously our away form in Europe is just terrible. It's been really bad for a few years. So there is that to consider. So I would expect us to do a lot better than we did tonight at Old Trafford. But I do think we've given ourselves such a tall order there. And it was such a long trip tonight and, you know, (laughs) unfamiliar culture and all that. I mean, uh, who knows? Maybe, Maybe the players themselves will think, actually, Lou Van Gaal, Sod you, sod your stupid tactics and your bloody philosophy. We're going to just play for ourselves tonight and we'll beat Liverpool 5 0. You never know. You don't, you, you, well, that's true, yes. And perhaps when we reconvene in a week's time, we'll be celebrating two wins, progress to the last, sorry, the quarter final of the Europa League and a first meaningful visit to Wembley in five years, <laughs> and a semi final. 
But to be honest, having seen the football today and on Sunday, I'm thinking not. <laughs> no. Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure, but we'll leave it there this evening. Thank you, my friend. Good to be back. Guys, thank you very much for listening. We will be back very, very soon with hopefully something a bit happy to shout about. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.